Sophie. And I'm Georgie. Coming to you with chats about all aspects of design, creativity and its influence on life. Can I get a whoop whoop? Whoop whoop. This This is Creative Clinks. Hello and welcome to another episode of Creative Clinks. Hi, Georgie. Hello, welcome back. Oh my goodness. Uh, It is a beautiful Sunday afternoon and today we thought we might chat about all the feels involved in being in the creative industry. The highs, the lows, the emotions and how it can actually take a toll on our mental health. The big M. The big M. Mm. Is that for mental health? Well, that was what I was trying to go. It sounded so much cooler in my head. And then it, yeah, just came out so much worse. So, you know. Yeah. So we're going to talk today about, I guess, all the emotions that happen when you're working in in an industry where I guess in a way you're trying to please a lot of people. And there's a lot of factors at play. And one of those factors, I think, is mm, trying to also please yourself and hoping that you have a result that you're going to be proud of. And maybe that's probably why all these emotions kind of come into play, I'm thinking. I know that myself, I'm working on a couple of projects at the moment that are in kind of different stages and... Last week and the week before, I really went through, I actually went through quite a few really like low times where to the point I almost felt sick, like sick in my Mm. stomach. And it was really playing a toll on a lot of things to the point where I'm like, I feel so sick about this situation. I didn't want to go out. I didn't want to go out and have fun. I didn't want to go out and exercise because it was literally all I kept thinking about. Mm. And there was actually a night where I laid in bed and I couldn't sleep because I was just thinking about a few things, which I was probably over-exaggerating in my head anyway, but it was definitely something that was bothering me. And I remember waking up the next morning thinking, I need to nip this in the bud, like, now, or else it's literally going to affect me for the the day as well. It already affected me during the night. So... I'm trying to think what really the trigger is for me at the moment being in this industry. Yeah. And um there's probably a couple of things. So I'm just going to I'm just going to talk about whatever comes to my mind to start with. Do it. And the first thing is it shouldn't be an excuse, but I kind of think it is is working in a very male dominated industry. Mm. So as an interior designer, obviously there's probably more female interior designers than there are Males, but I'm working in projects where a lot of the time I can be the only female mm. um, and dealing with, say, a dozen tradespeople that are obviously most of the time male. And sometimes I just feel like I get treated like some dumb, stupid, blonde, just bimbo. And I'm yeah. completely not that person. Yeah. And so then I feel like I'm trying to prove myself to these people. And then I have like this mental like battle within myself about why you're trying to prove yourself to all these people. I feel like it is a bit of a present issue and it might feel a bit overworked, but I think it is a big thing is that being 
in an industry as a female, especially when you're trying to be a lead role of some description, so being a lead interior designer for a project, you aren't taken seriously. It's the assumption they can take advantage of you in your role. Like if I was a man, I wouldn't deal with this. I wouldn't have this Mm. problem. I wouldn't be getting spoken to in this way. I wouldn't be getting treated this way and I wouldn't be – just wouldn't be feeling all these emotions and about the situation. You're still going to be working with a generation of people who don't actually take that on because you're not an authoritarian figure and Mm. they're not behaving how they should in this business relationship. And I feel like we're conditioned to believe that we're the ones at fault all the time and we're not. Is it now just particularly a female thing where we're always just going to be overthinking and thinking, oh, we need to do better, we need to do better and and losing sleep over it, which is just so so unfair. We're so conditioned to find validation from everyone else except for ourselves and it's, you know, frowned upon if you give yourself validation as well. Successful projects, I could count way more of them than unsuccessful projects and but those ones, the bad ones will always stick out, which is it's a big learning curve to try and be reflecting and, and go, actually, look, let's focus on the great things that have happened. And this yeah. is why I'm here. This is why I'm doing this job. This is why I chose this career because I actually am good at it. And it's, it's a massive journey to go on to try and do that. It's, it's you know what, it's never, it's, it's like what you're saying, you're constantly questioning yourself yeah, I have done a great job or hang on, wait, have I done as good a job as I thought that I, you know, that I've done or have I pleased the client as much as I'm hoping to please the client? I think for me of late, like I've just, I've had this huge amount of anxiety built up and maybe it does have to do with the people that I've been working with as well. So they've kind of been feeding that anxiety in me, whereas I probably might still have a little bit of it, which is fine because I think that anxiety is a bit of a reflection of really caring about what I'm doing with the project. But at the same time, I feel like it's almost like, yeah, I'm being fed this anxiety because these people are questioning me so much. And yeah, and like with with something that I'm working on at the moment, like I can actually see from kind of standing back a little bit, I can see some things that are happening in the project that maybe the client can't see. I don't really feel like I've got a team that's working together. Instead, it's almost like they're working against each other because they're trying to prove that they're the best one in the team, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like a bit of a power struggle, I think, that's happening at the moment. And then, you know, I think that's why I want to talk about this. And then, you know, I go from something like that where I literally have a sleepless night and wake up the next morning and and I can't think about anything about then – what I can do to try and make myself feel better to having these extreme highs where I just have like so much joy from actually seeing something come to life. And I think this, you know, the design industry in general, anything, any kind of creative industry is going to have those highs and lows, but it's really trying to find ways where you don't let it get to you where obviously it did for me a few weeks ago when having a sleepless night and feeling like literally sick to my stomach. Mm. I was just, I think I just said to you earlier, Georgie, before we started recording that I saw something um, online that talked about, 
you know, you can still be creative in either you're an introvert or you're an extrovert. And sometimes we just have to be that person who we're not normally um, in this industry because you're doing something to please a client. Yeah, and it's exhausting. Oh, yeah. I'm just, I'm just exhausted at the moment. And, and I think the the other main thing here is also to just not forget because I'm definitely not skimming over and saying that oh, you know, any project that goes bad, it's never your fault. Look, takes two to tango. Yeah. Let's be honest. Definitely, just, I'll admit it when I'm wrong. Yeah, and it's just about being able to be reflective and look at everything. Look at the facts. Take away the emotions as much as that is difficult to do. But taking away that and looking at the facts going, okay, where where could, what's the main issue? Okay, it's X, Y, Z. Okay, how have I contributed to X? How have they contributed to Y? And whether or not that could actually come down to going, okay, potentially I could improve my communication here or mm. potentially it's, well, they also shouldn't have spoken like that to me because that was disrespectful. And sometimes those kind of things, unfortunately, when things do might go sour, is that as a crappy excuse it is, which is not an excuse, but it just that's who they are. And the beauty of having your own business is you can choose who you work with. What could I have done better? Did I do everything I could have? Yes or no. Okay, I'm going to move forward with this that will keep me safe, keep my business safe. But it's just being able to be with that bit more reflective in awareness because at the end of the day, it's so not worth you not being able to sleep at night, so not worth you losing energy and for the love of what you do over a stressful situation. I recently discovered um, mental health, like went to a mental health seminar recently, 100% recommend, and it was just a really different way of looking at your emotions because one of the big things is that we always do we say oh I'm sad or I'm angry and it's telling yourself that that's what you are but really you're a higher being than that that's just an emotional part of you that is coming out to say hi and take control of the wheel but it's actually not their job to do that your higher self is the one in control. And those emotions, those parts of you that rise and want to be heard, it's about sitting and listening with them and going, okay, this part of me is angry. What, what's going on angry? Like what's what can I do for you? How can I serve you? How can I help you out to, to settle you back down? Rather than defining yourself as that, which I think that was probably a bit of a life-changing thing for me is realizing I'm like, oh, I define myself on so many things like that. And it's, it's nearly conditioning yourself to believe that that's all you are. Mm. And it's okay to be a little bit selfish sometimes. Put yourself first because mm. otherwise yeah. if you're not putting it, yeah, I know you just cringed at that. And I'm like, sweet <laughs> pea, I'm talking to you. <laughs> but you've got mm. to, sometimes it's okay to be selfish and go, you know what, I'm putting myself first because if you're not your best self for you, how can you be your best self for other people? A hundred percent. I do. I hundred percent agree with that. There's something that you said that I'm actually like, I really like that is you said, what do you, or what can you do to make yourself feel safe? Mm. And like, so one part of me is like, oh yeah, just like everyone just wants to feel safe. Right. That's such, such an important um, uh, emotion or a, a feeling to have is feeling safe. And I guess I can always feel that in every other aspect of my life, but I never feel safe in my career. Mm, wow. Why don't I feel safe in my career? Because 
I work for myself to start with. So I'm like a hundred wearing a hundred hats. And so there's a lot of pressure on me to be good at everything mm. because I can't afford to, you know, hire multiple people. I've got to be at least competent in majority of aspects that it takes to run a business. I'm so worried about I guess, you know, wearing those multiple hats that my emotions then take a back step and I don't have that feeling of safety ever. Yeah, it's almost like I am reacting to a lot of things that happen in my business out of fear for safety of it. Like, oh my God, I just had like a massive epiphany. Like, I just, like seriously, that's what it is, is that it's that fear of not feeling safe within my own business. However I react to a situation, it may not actually be beneficial to my business because I'm literally acting out of fear. Mm. Oh, my God, Georgie, you just, like, taught me something. <laughs> oh, my way. I know. See, I know. Oh, I'm my gosh. smarter than you look, than I look. <laughs> <laughs> so that's going to, like, I honestly think this is something now I really need to work on because you can't. Like there's other aspects of my life where I definitely do not live in fear. And I would probably like say to other people, oh, stop living in fear. That's like my like motto in life, but it's not mine for for my business. Like, like, fuck, I can actually do it myself or, you know, follow through. Look how good I am. Just ask me. Yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. But I love that because you're right. I was so fearful of either a conversation I felt I had to have or something that I felt like I hadn't said that I kept myself up all night and made myself sick. Like, come on, you know, like I think back to that now, but I think I was so caught up in my head space. I'm like, I don't know what I could have done to have changed that. So I guess with saying that and evaluating that, you know, you're not feeling safe in your industry and all your career just because it is your small business and you're the one that's having to put wear so many hats in your role and, you know, building up a business to be able to get to a point where you can have staff that help you. How do you think in the meantime, what's your strategy, what's coming to you right now, Barbie, with what you're going to do now to kind of give you that sense of safety and that bit more confidence when you do take on projects? It's not, I don't think for me, it's not about the safety with taking on a project. It's probably the safety once I'm with, once I'm in the project and how to deal with all the different emotions that come with that. Because, you know, majority of the time you're dealing with, well, look, probably I'd say 90% of the time you're dealing with a, with a new team, essentially, so you you may not have ever met these people before and it's obviously probably as well when you're talking about a client as well as for me obviously a team of tradespeople or whatever it might be too so you don't even know these people and it's like all of a sudden you've been put into this situation where there's there's this huge responsibility that you have to make this project come to life with a bunch of people you actually have no idea who they even are like you've been given this responsibility by your client to have their vision come to life or have this vision come to life for them with the responsibility of all the money that they're putting into it. But you're working with a bunch of people that you've never, ever worked with before, right? And every project is different, as you know. So not only it might be, you know, you're dealing with new suppliers and you're dealing with something that you, you've created, something that you don't even know is actually going to work. So 
when you're working with a whole bunch of people that you don't even know, you don't know if they're good people, you don't know if they're bad people, you don't know if they're there to rip you off, you don't know if they're there to actually, you know, want to have the best outcome for the client or whether they're purely just there going through the motions. It is really hard. Like it's a really hard situation to be in every single time. It is a difficult situation to be consistently in. And that is just what this industry is about, right? It's always getting into a project that is unknown. I know for me, like after what happened a couple of weeks ago, I actually had to, it's like I had to verbalize it. A particular person that I was feeling like, you know, I might've had issues with, I I needed to sit down with them and actually chat because I actually didn't know them from a bar of soap. They didn't know me either. And when you're doing something like this, you actually do need to get to know people on a bit of a personal level because this is about someone's business. What we're doing and this responsibility for this for our client is huge. And if you don't have some kind of, I guess, empathy towards your client and towards the team that's trying to make it all come together, then like, yeah, what's the point, you know, or else it's just kind of like, This isn't a a mathematics equation, which, you know, one plus one equals two, and that's always going to be the outcome. This is, you've got to work together and try and figure it out as you go. So I did sit down and have a conversation and kind of got to know this person a little bit better, which I think we maybe, I don't know, I think we skipped that step. So we didn't have any rapport to start with. There was just no kind of empathy on both sides, which I think was really hard. So I I don't know. Yeah, I guess it was just communication. It was just trying to talk it through. And I didn't necessarily bring up the issue for me, but I do feel like a little bit of a, like there was a turning point because we actually sat down and got to know each other. Do you think maybe that's going to be now something a part of your onboarding is that you connect with key stakeholders who are going to be bringing this project to life and just have that meeting and go, hey, this is who I am. This is my vision. Um, I want your professional input and then be able to have that conversation. So then you've broken the ice before anything started, before any conflict can happen. And then Mm. if it does arise, you know, something, the direction is changing to what was initially agreed upon, you can go, hey, Let's just sit down and chat because we spoke about this at the beginning. What's changed? Let me understand your industry better, what you think and why we're going in this direction. Yeah. I mean, maybe it's just, honestly, it's just as simple as everyone who's involved with the project sits down together before the actual project starts and it's like, let's just have a drink together, you know, and actually kind of put some effort into getting to know each other. I'm trying not to go back to the whole, oh, I just don't want, I, I don't, I'm, maybe I'm feeling over emotional just because I'm a female, you know, like I don't want to go back to that because maybe I'm looking into it a little bit too much. But maybe for me, you know, if there was that opportunity to say, hey guys, well, number one, you know, I was so close to saying to this person, hey buddy, I'm not a pushover, don't try me, you know, but I didn't want to kind of go down that. But maybe that's something that, could almost be brought up at the beginning where it's like, hey, this is my personality. This is how I run my business. 
you know, these are the conversations I've had previously with the client. How are we going to all make this work together kind of situation mm. rather mm. than let it fester, um, mm. which is what... And it, become a conflict. And become a conflict, which I could have quite easily turned it into a conflict involving other mm. people, but instead I kept it to myself and literally just had this internal conflict to myself, which, you yeah. know, turned into me pretty much making myself sick. Exactly. And then you feel safe. Like it gives you that bit of security and and it will give you confidence, hopefully, that in future it's like, you know, you can refer back to it going, hey, mate, make notes from our initial onboarding meeting. Do you remember this is what we spoke about? Like I don't even want to be able to condone you saying an emotional female, let's just eliminate that here. It's a stress reaction. Stress is, and I think we've already touched base on this so many times, that it's ridiculous that stress and anxiety can really take a toll on your physical body regardless of where your mindset or how your mind is thinking throughout that stressful period. It's a survival instinct. It's something that's keeping your body's trying to tell you something and it can be really hard to listen to sometimes. Well, all of a sudden, randomly, I started getting like psoriasis under my eyes. Like never in my life have I ever had that before. And I honestly believe that it is actually a reaction to stress. And then what happens? I look at myself in the mirror. I see the psoriasis under my eyes. And then I'm like, oh, my God, look how terrible I look. And then my mental health then also gets worse, right? And here I am trying to cover it up with makeup. And then I'm conscious when people are looking at me. And then I want to wear my sunglasses, but then I have to take them off. It's just this whole... It's just like stress is just this whole other like evil being that can completely take over everything in your life, mental and physical. The moral of this this whole the moral of the story of this whole conversation is is trying to is acknowledging that yes, you are going to have highs and lows in your design journey or anyone's journey really, but you're also going to have to find ways, like you said, a coping mechanism or ways for it to not allow you to get to the point that either your physical or your mental health declines. In all honesty, I'm, I'm really trying to learn at the moment um, is, is in what way is acknowledging when I actually feel these emotions and going, shit, Barbie, this isn't good. You you should not be feeling like this to the point where you're making yourself sick. And then also going, okay, what do I need to do to stop this now? Because I'm not being productive. The reality is I've chosen to be in this industry. And if I am to be successful in this industry, I also need to be adaptable to all different situations in dealing with multiple different personalities, with multiple different clients in multiple different scenarios. And just have those provisions in place so then it's less likely to get to that point. And I think I'm going to introduce my wonderful spoon analogy here. So everyone has a finite amount of spoons and it's symbolism of your energy. So, you know, to wake up in your day at the moment, Barbie, you might only have five spoons, whereas I wake up at the moment, I might have 10 spoons. But to get out of bed and go to work, go to your projects, that might take three spoons for you. So you have two spoons left for the day. Whereas then me getting up and going to work might just take one or half a spoon. And the thing is that you've got to try and learn, which of course is easier said than done, is trying to find what will fill up your spoons. What is taking away too many spoons for your day that's leaving you have nothing left for your family, for yourself, 
And how can we fix that? How can we, how can we not fix it? Fix it's such a big word, a big scary thing of like, oh, we've got to fix it. No, how can we help it? So whether or not it's reading a book, that can give you a spoon. Whether or not it is going for a walk, whether or not it's listening to a specific podcast, <clears throat> creative clinks, yeah. <laughs> shameless self-plug. But, you know, you're finding things to, to tend to your spoons and I think that's where that key thing of like, you know, it's okay to be selfish sometimes. It's okay to try to look out for yourself because if you're not here for yourself, who else will be? So I think it's a big thing of being able to look at your spoons and go, okay, why? Or even if you're realizing, go, why is it taking me three spoons to go to work and deal with my project? Whereas usually it takes me one or two. Now I always say, I've explained it at work, what my spoons are. And, you know, I might use my humor around it, but I go, I've got no spoons left for the rest of the day. I don't have any spoons left for this. It can be a really quick and concise way of trying to communicate with people where you're at. And, and it's okay to be able to communicate that. And I think it's a scary thing. People are frightened of being vulnerable to others, but it can actually really work in your favor because I think the biggest thing is you need people to understand you, understand who you are, understand how you work and you function and whether or not that's starting a, a project by with an onboarding meeting with every stakeholder and going, hey, guys, this is the page that we're all on. Let's paint this picture so you understand me, I understand you. Moving forward, we know how to communicate together. Also, is it is something that I recognized. Well, actually, I intentionally did. I think we need to get out of the habit, especially females do this more than anything, of apologizing. Yeah, whether we're feeling emotional or in my circumstance, I actually had to tell some tradespeople that, one, no, I can't be on site at 7 a.m. in the morning because I have a daughter who I need to take to daycare and I'm not dropping her off at 6 o'clock in the morning. And two, I I had to put in an email to everyone saying, I don't work Fridays because that's the day I dedicate to spend a full day with my daughter doing stuff for her. And I was really conscious and making sure because as we do as females, we will always do something like, I'm so sorry, or unfortunately, just giving ourselves like always having some kind of excuse. I'm not apologizing for anything. These are my boundaries. And yeah, and that's really easy for us, I think, in general as females to actually put those boundaries in and, and apologize for even having boundaries. Yeah, which you shouldn't be apologetic for. Exactly, exactly. Well, I actually feel a lot better <laughs> talking about this. Yeah. I'm so glad. Yeah, I just feel like, oh my gosh, I just need to say how... Yeah, how things have been going lately and just being honest about I haven't been coping too well with them. And I guess that's okay. It's at least I recognize that and like you said it's just finding ways that I can try and move forward from it and um hopefully don't let it happen again or not let it affect me like it has recently. So, yeah. Look at that personal growth. My goodness. I know. Personal growth. What? <laughs> I love it. Well, I guess, I guess at the end of this, Barbie, what, what's your key takeaway? Oh, two things. Probably recognize when you're getting to a point where it's not healthy. Um, and two would be, like you said, communication. Have a strategy right from the beginning, especially in, in the, the design industry where you basically need to tell your team how you will be communicating with them and also what you expect to. Yeah, because that probably could have prevented this little bout of anxiety happening for me. 
Mm. Yeah. What about you, Georgie? Anything? You've been very wise, this one. So I haven't really given you anything. (laughs) I have. I think, if anything, it's a reminder. So my takeaway is that I'm reminded to take time out for myself because like I said I'm uh, so wise to give advice to everyone else except for myself so I think the thing for me is just a reminder to check in with myself and be able to find what it is that I need to do for myself in order to be feeling safe feeling secure feeling confident yeah be able to recognize recognize things that are going on so then it does avoid that physical symptom of stress or you know, even if it's a touch of anxiety, like lately I've been feeling a little bit difficult to breathe, you know, and that's one of my physical stress symptoms. And it's like, okay, this is my friendly reminder to myself to after this, I'm going to sit down, I'm going to check in with myself and yeah, just kind of see, hey, Georgie, what's going on? What can I do for you? What? How can I make this better? I love that. I love that. Well, thank you, Georgie. I can see you're getting ready to cook your dinner as you are podcasting now next to the stove, which is a very interesting image. So we're going to take a photo of this. Um, it's actually, I had to, my computer was going flat. And of course I was like, I don't need my charger for this. So uh, then I realized, no, I do need my charger for this because I talk a lot. So I forget that I don't know how to shut up, which is fun. So. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right, my dear. Well, shall we? Can I get a whoop whoop? Whoop whoop! Whoop whoop! Love this. For now, we'll leave you with that and have a great week. Cheers!